Hi, this is Patty and Rada with HIMSS, and I'm with Jeff Needham, Principal, Healthcare Solutions, and Robert Oberhofer, Head of Product Solutions at MongoDB. Welcome, Jeff and Robert. Cool. Nice to be here. Thanks for having us. So today we're going to talk about digital transformation and connected care in the healthcare industry. So Robert, my first question is for you. You know, from MongoDB's perspective, what is digital transformation and what does it mean for the healthcare industry? Yeah, I mean, digital transformation is a topic that really touches a wide range of industries in the healthcare industry as well. I would propose that at this point, um, technology that can actually support digital transformation is so pervasive that the question is not what technology to choose, but what to choose it for. What's the intent? What is the outcome that you're really looking for? For me, the core of digital transformation is the type of user experience that you enable, and that touches healthcare as well. So if you look even at a simple example um, of a visit to a healthcare provider, how can a better experience enable a better, easier workflow that actually respects everyone's time? So if you think of a, a visit, how would it be if the, uh, the patient or the customer in that sense gets a notification the day before the visit? asks all the questions as to what information is provided, insurance information as well. Another notification, the day off, which provides directions, perhaps a hot link that allows me as a, as a user to use an Uber app or my Google notification or Apple navigation to get to the hospital with information, how to find my way around it, where to check in, whom to talk to, just small tweaks that really make it easier. You can spin this even further as you check in, um, you're waiting, perhaps you get an information or a, or a notification with regards to the wait time. As, you, as you're led to the room, you check into the room, the room could reconfigure itself so that all the vitals that are captured are immediately going to your profile. Once your vitals have been captured, perhaps the doctor is getting a notification that you're ready. Um, and instead of the doctor getting notification on, say, his mobile phone or a tablet app, perhaps it's getting it on a smartwatch so as not to interrupt uh, what he's doing right now. And he, with a swipe or a tap, can say, I'm coming in a minute or I'm a little bit delayed. Before the doctor goes into the room, he could actually look at the tablet, look at the history, what are, uh, what are the patient's details, what are the vitals, what are the questions that need to be answered. So he can actually go into the room and really maximize the time with a patient rather than time in front of a screen trying to figure out where we're at. So this is just a quick playthrough as to what a slightly optimized experience to what we already know could be and what could be a guiding factor as to the way how you go about improving that experience and then what technology do you need to actually enable that. And so the goal is to actually maximize the human experience and minimize the technology aspect. And I think if you think about it in that way, they, then I think we have a digital transformed uh, outcome. Jeff, what are you seeing as the top healthcare trends from your perspective as a technology provider? Um, I think we're seeing three things, Patty. I think we're seeing patients are beginning to expect, I think, and even demand a more modern healthcare experience from their healthcare providers. You know, we want telemedicine, we want digital forms and communication and definitely a touchless check-in process facilitated likely on our mobile phones. But at the same time, we want a more personalized and attentive care from our physicians. We want a more modern experience, but we want it to be more human. And I think patient engagement is, is I think, the top trend that we're seeing across healthcare organizations. 
without a doubt. And it's the number one goal, in our opinion, as to why there's so much uh, business and technology initiatives being funded from wellness programs to connected devices to accessing data points across various entities and, and turning those into insights and recommendations for patients. And then creating efficiencies. I think back to what Robert said, you know, maximizing the, the care and the human aspect and minimizing the technology. We have the data and the technology to, to, to potentially do a lot more with less. Can we provide more healthcare to an ever-growing and aging population without uh, creating more doctors and nurses, building more hospitals? Can we help minimize the manual work inside both uh, healthcare organizations workflows and as well as engaging with patients and helping them manage their own healthcare better. Thank you for that. So Robert, tell us more about what you're calling connected care and what are the next 10 years of connected care? You know, what is that gonna look like in healthcare? Predicting the next 10 years is gonna be a challenge, but, um, but there's a lot of movement momentum with regards to smart devices. Um, if I look at the consumer side, um, the, uh, connected devices are getting ever more cheaper, ever more pervasive. So we have glucose monitors, blood pressure monitors, heart rate monitors, smartwatches, uh, fitness devices that are all providing actually valuable data. The question uh, going forward is, what are we going to do with that data? Can we leverage it for doing more predictive things? Can we actually integrate AI and ML? And even more so, can we leverage that data and share it with the care team? so that the care team is actually more connected in that sense with what's going on with you. And you, again, minimize the time needed for exchanging verbally that information if it's actually readily available. So I'm looking forward to standards becoming available, ecosystems becoming available to actually simplify the sharing of that data with your respective care team. Great. So Jeff, what are some of the biggest technology challenges facing healthcare? I'd say, Patty, the, the overarching one is cloud. And maybe that's a surprise uh, to, to some folks to hear, to hear us say cloud. But I say that for a couple of reasons. I think it offers both promise and peril. And the promise is that uh, we can build applications and go to market more quickly and reach patients more quickly with more compelling applications and provide them these wellness programs more quickly. But it's parallel at the same time because it's unknown infrastructure to so many healthcare organizations. It's a major driver right now for healthcare technology initiatives. There's sort of this sort of top-down cloud-first initiative and mandates happening across many healthcare organizations. And if you're an organization with older legacy systems, I think that presents a unique challenge for the architects and certainly the developers um, who are trying to execute on these programs to both learn and securely manage that cloud infrastructure. On top of that, they've got to integrate that cloud infrastructure likely with some semblance of existing or on-premises systems and data sources. So I think the challenge here uh, is, is avoiding a simple lift and shift or cloud for the sake of cloud and, and moving from simple modernization to actual transformation. You know, we're not here to appease just the C-suite. We're actually here to build compelling applications and get them to market to patients more quickly, but to also do that in an efficient manner and in a secure manner. And I think the, the second challenge is data and data access. We've got some of our healthcare organizations have 20, 30 years of legacy systems, which include infrastructure and code. 
Um, and these legacy systems were not designed for high interoperability for multiple types of workloads and clients and certainly not mobile. This is compounded um, by the sheer amount of data that exists inside of these systems and inside of these organizations. And if you look across all of that data, across all of those different sources, we think about providing real-time analytics and real-time insights to patients, that could come from a lot of different places and the data in all of those different places may be very differently shaped. Um, so it's a challenge, I think, to access the data because of the legacy code and infrastructure. And I think there's a data integration challenge here. How do we make that all speak the same language inside of just even one healthcare organization? And how do we then bring that quickly to a patient within minutes and not months of time? So I think when you think about all of that, um, it's really kind of juxtaposed to Robert's uh, uh, comments on digital. This can be somewhat overwhelming. How do I achieve these digital goals? And yet I'm here, I'm with legacy infrastructure and code. That's not necessarily uh, um, enabling me to do these things quickly. And I think thirdly, uh, FHIR, obviously the fast healthcare interoperability resources, it's a mandate by CMS that providers and payers and entities within the healthcare landscape uh, share and exchange data using a universal data schema and APIs to exchange that data. Um, again, it's a CMS mandate, so that's a good thing. We're trying to address that interoperability challenge, but it's now on the heels of, I've still got legacy systems that I need to integrate. I've still got these cloud-first initiatives that are our expectations amongst leadership in the organizations. From that perspective, it's not just a challenge, but I personally see this uh, this being fire as an opportunity as well, because as organizations have to move towards supporting that government mandate, integrating data, making it shareable, um, it's now an opportunity to do that not just for the mandate, but actually for your own organization as well. I mean, FHIR is not just an API, but it's a schema, it's a data definition, it's extensible. It's easy to actually leverage that for other applications as well. So I, I think uh, it, it presents an opportunity, not just in the short term, uh, supporting the government mandate, but using this more as a longer term effort for consolidating data internally and reducing the data friction uh, that, that Jeff was just talking about. Yeah, and especially when you have standards and everyone can be operating in the same in the same world yes. and speaking the same language. Um, so here's a question for both of you. You know, what can healthcare providers and organizations learn from your ex um, experiences with other industries? And so let's start with you, Robert. My background is actually in the mobile space, and uh, if we, I think of digital transformation actually having its origin in 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 the mobile area, because when the app stores came around, when mobile experiences came around, it was necessary to actually move data towards the cloud to make it accessible. But there's another aspect of mobile that I think is really interesting for healthcare. And that is that as uh, industries, including healthcare, go through transformation, a lot of it is as well about enabling new experiences, not just for your customers or patients, but as well as we talked about earlier for your staff. And these experiences increasingly are mobile or tablet based. So you're not bound to a particular computer or to a desktop. And what sort of the mobile uh, application development principle brings into place is really focus on what's important right here, right now. What are the workflows? How can we make it 
as frictionless as possible, rigorous A-B testing to make sure that every click, every swipe, every data entry can be minimized to really make these, uh, how should I say, pleasurable and, and quick and efficient uh, workflow. And I think this sort of mindset um, as to what matters right here, right now, which then plays back into how do you present that data? What is the data which plays back into what infrastructure you need to build to actually enable this, this type of experience? I think that's uh, that's an important aspect. I think to, to elaborate on what Robert just said, there's probably no better industry to look at in terms of user experience um, than retail. You know, retail has figured out point of purchase data insights really well, and they've created really compelling user experiences and they've done that on mobile applications. And they've had to, by and large, uh, I think to attract and, and certainly retain customers. I think healthcare can learn a lot about elegant user experiences, even just by looking at retail applications. Banking and insurance, and, and selfishly, I, I have a significant amount of, of insurance uh, experience, but I think banking and insurance are probably the two, in terms of data integration challenges, the best two industries to look at. Banking and insurance and health insurance um, are fundamentally data processing organizations at heart, and they're ones with older legacy systems. You know, they've had to start implementing these sort of uh, data fabric or operational data store or operational data layer initiatives in order to bring new features to market without first incurring uh, the massive cost and time associated with replacing legacy systems. Um, that's actually, I think, a really smart strategy um, I've actually been part of this firsthand in my time in Travelers Insurance, where we, we did just that. You know, when you think about bringing really compelling patient experiences to market, providing them real-time data insights, you know, if, my, if your legacy systems don't provide the kind of data interoperability, well, are you going to incur tens of millions of, of dollars and, and years of time just in order to build those features and functions? Or is there something you can do right now in the next two months, the next six months, the next year to bring these uh, applications to market? You need to create a 360 degree view of your customer. You need to be able to integrate in real time or near real time with lots of legacy systems in various formats. I think that the best way to do that is sort of our old friend, the, you know, the operational data store is sort of having this renaissance now between change data capture from legacy sources, creating this operational data source or data layer, that's where you can build um, all these new uh, features and functions without having to obviously first incur the cost and time of, of replacing legacy. And you can, you can add in real-time analytics to this, play, uh, to this zone. You can add in AI augmented decision-making into your uh, employee workflows, into your patient workflows. So I think there's a lot to learn from banking and insurance in that space. Great. Um, I, I just had this thought of, you know, when you're talking about, you know, you know, retail, but also banking, you know, you're not doing this, you know, 24 seven and just like you're not a patient in the hospital or, you know, at the uh, primary care uh, all the time. So you're constantly needing to engage, you know, your members, your customers. So, you know, that's, that's a really good point. Um, so Jeff, we hear right. so much about, you know, cloud computing. So in an age where data privacy and security is under such scrutiny, you know, is this something that healthcare organizations are adopting, you know, and if so, what is your organization doing to ensure that the patient data stays private? Um, yeah, that's a great question, Patty. I think that's the, the peril of the cloud is, is the security concern. And when it comes to healthcare data, it's nothing can be more private 
than healthcare data. Um, so I think healthcare organizations are definitely adopting the cloud uh, in a fairly significant um, significant manner. Um, I think you have to be very careful about how how you build in the cloud and what you build in the cloud to ensure that that healthcare data stays private. Now, if you're on this sort of go alone journey and you just leave it off to your developers, hey, here's an AWS account, here's a Google Cloud or Azure account. You guys go off and build some applications, but just make sure the data stays private. This is not an easy task. You've got to learn the infrastructure. You've got to learn how to properly secure that infrastructure. It's very different from your on-premises infrastructure. Um, so I think what MongoDB is doing, MongoDB is saying, well, look, we'll help you, we'll help you deploy that data platform and that database on that infrastructure, but let us do that. Let us be your administrator, let us be your DBA. We'll let you take advantage of all the best things about the cloud, the elasticity, the, the immediate, uh, immediately available infrastructure, but we'll handle the security for you. We'll handle the administration for you. So you can simply write an application against the database, for example, um, that's our, our MongoDB cloud product uh, called Atlas. It's, it's HIPAA compliant, um, but I think we do one more thing, which I think you're gonna see a lot more adoption in the industry. We call it client-side field-level encryption. Um, and you can find that if you go to mongodb.com client-side-encryption, um, or just look that up on Google, client-side encryption MongoDB. Um, Patty, I want you to imagine that um, Cloud databases, when some data leaves a mobile application or a, a company's application, it travels over um, the network or over the wire, as they say, encrypted. That's great. It lands in the database and it's encrypted at rest. That's great. So if I break in without a password, I can't get to that information. But I think we want to know that even a DBA or uh, somebody who gains access to that system gains access to the password that shouldn't see that information, what can we do to make sure that a patient's SSN or, or a record itself is no longer identifiable? Should that information be accidentally exposed or nefariously exposed? We offer a feature called client-side field-level encryption that goes one level further that takes and allows you to declare what fields are identifying or sensitive. And before that data even leaves the application, there's a private encryption key that encrypts that data. So then it's doubly encrypted over the network, doubly encrypted when it hits the disk in the database. And then if a DBA shouldn't have access to that information or if some disgruntled employee, for example, expose that information without that private encryption key, they're not gonna make sense of that data. And by the way, that's also a feature of, the, of our cloud and our on-premises product. Great. So I have a last question for the both of you. You know, if we want to know more about your application data platform, where can our listeners go to find more information? Definitely mongodb.com. I'd also like to plug MongoDB University. We offer a number of online courses for free where you can learn about our product or services. You can also sign up for a free Atlas tier, um, which is our cloud product. You can use our cloud product for free. Um, and I think we also have two more sessions coming up um, that I wanna plug. Um, we're gonna talk about fire and healthcare modernization and a third podcast that will talk about uh, a specific customer who takes advantage of that operational data layer or operational data store strategy that I mentioned before. Great. So, uh, you know, just wanna come away with some key takeaways that, uh, 
that, that I heard um, from both of you, Robert and Jeff, and you said a lot of great things. But one of the things that you know really rose to the top is, you know, there's a lot of talk about digital transformation. There's a lot of talk about, you know, cloud first and, you know, going to the cloud. Uh, and some of it is fueled by, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out uh, for some organizations. Um, you know, but there you both talked about, you know, the, the intent and the outcome, you know, why are you uh, even having a digital transformation, you know, why, what is the intent and the outcome of this technology that you're deploying? Uh, and you talked both about user experience, you know, better workflow, maximizing, you know, the human side of healthcare and minimizing, you know, technology, you know, interruption and disruption. And I think sometimes that gets, you know, really lost when, when we start talking about, you know, IT projects that, uh, that are going on in healthcare. Um, so a lot of, you know, optimization of the technology, but not for the technology's sake, you know, maximizing quality time between the patient and the provider and, um, you know, doing more with less, which is, you know, uh, kind of shocking, you know, when you think about healthcare, because there's so much data that's coming at us, so much technology, uh, but we really need to learn how to do, you know, more with less. Um, and I think the one of the other things, uh, especially towards the end of, of the podcast we talked about was, you know, having to deal with privacy and security, having to deal with, you know, all of these things, you know, the perils of the cloud, uh, the promise, but the perils of the cloud, and um, how you may have a really robust, uh, you know, IT department, or you may not, but uh, it's really important to pick the right partner and to really lean on them to help you through, you know, this whole digital transformation journey. So Robert and Jeff, just want to, uh, you know, is there anything else that you want to add to that? I hope I hit the nail on the head. Because there's such a rush towards the cloud, uh, it's very easy to overlook what the underlying intent is. If you just move things to the cloud, you haven't transformed, you just move things to the cloud. Putting it under the banner as to, as to what kind of new use experiences are we going to enable? How do we have to structure the data and the systems to enable that use experience? To me, should be the guiding factor for a true transformation. Yep, completely agree with that. Great. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for your time, Robert and Jeff. Yeah, thank you so much, Patty. A lot. Much appreciated.